Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to discuss the topic of central bursts, chevroning in cold-drawn and extruded steels. Welcome, Carly. Thank you, Miles. Well, bursts, I mean, it's a fun word, but I doubt this is a fun thing to talk about. Well, bursts are great when you're doing fireworks, <laughs> but when you're cold-drawing steel, the last thing you want is a burst, let alone an internal burst or rupture inside the bar where it may not even be detected. Oh, okay. In this case, bursts are bad. Bursts are bad. I got it. All right, teach me. Okay, so I also use the word chevroning. Yes. And not a lot of people are familiar with chevrons anymore, but back in the day of the greatest generation, chevrons was what that sergeant wore on his sleeves. They're that little V-shaped thing. That's how the geese fly. The upside-down V. The upside-down V. Yeah. That's right. And that There's is... There's also a Chevron gas station. Did you It is, and you know their logo yeah, is Chevron's, they were Chevrons too. Right. Okay. Yes. So that is how those failures present. If you were to take the bar and cut it in half longitudinally uh -huh. uh, along the center line you'll see these bursts or voids air air gaps actually and they're in the shape of v's or you know chevrons so uh, that's what we're talking about it's very rare it's very surprising and it can be very high liability if this is on a power takeoff shaft or some other uh, critical engineering or human safety application. Oh, wow. Okay, I have to ask a naive question. So the bursts are in the shape of chevrons? They are. Okay. They are. Gotcha. They are. And so they actually uh, indicate the direction, the direction of the uh, applied stress. There are 45 degrees to that, the direction of the applied stress. So I'm pulling the bar longwise, 45 degrees to that, I'm making these Vs. Okay. Are there is there only one type? Like it, they all look the same? I've seen them where they're actually flat, and then they look almost like the king's crown. So it's flat, and then at the edge there's these little things. It really depends on the angle and the die, the resistance, and and the strength of the material, how they how they present. But nobody buys a steel bar to have a void in the center. No. No. So what causes it? Is it the same cause every time? Well, it's, it's really the re, a result of exceeding the strength of the material in the process. So I'm, remember, I'm, I'm, to cold draw this steel, I'm starting with a larger diameter. I'm pulling it through a die to make a smaller diameter. So I've got resistance. So if the angles in the die are ill-advised, if there's some buildup of material so that instead of flowing at like a 45-degree angle, it's, it, there, there's more resistance, I can actually have a localized yield in the, in the very center of the bar, and then 
you know, it, the, the stress relieves itself as that uh, void opens up. So it could be a tooling issue. It, it, the dye is, in fact, a tooling issue, right? So there could be other things that make the material, you know, it, we don't just blame the tool. Maybe that material's not very ductile. Uh, you know, there could be chemical segregation in there. There could be non-metallics. The microstructure could be kind of, you know, not, not standard, not suitable. Um, maybe somebody forgot a necessary anneal process step. There's, there's always plenty of reasons to investigate. Okay. So you're talking about investigating. So we don't do it again. Okay. (laughs) Now, the lawyers will have another reason for investigating. Who's we? You're talking about the steel mills or you're talking about the shops? Well, the shop shop is going to come to the mill. The shop is going to say, hey, this bar, this bar, it it breaks, it's crunch. And in fact, uh, one of the interesting things is if you run your fingers along the bar that has these in, you can actually feel these undulations <laughs> where that material has yielded, and you can kind of feel it with, with your hand. So there's going to be a claim because the steel literally can come apart in your machine, and now you've got two pieces, and you'll see this interesting, you know, funky internal diameter that may be the inverse shape of that chevron. <laughs> How did I get pre-broken steel? And you take that sample to the mill and the mill guys, the savvy ones, the ones that have experience working with people who didn't take good care of their dyes maybe, or didn't always anneal properly, um, they, they may be familiar with that and say, oh, we gotta, we gotta do an investigation. So would this only present itself in a shop as the, the steel breaking apart, or is it the, the, will it be a defect in the part? I mean... It, it, all of the above. Okay. All of the above. My point is, you've got great integrity on the surface. This isn't a seam. So it looks... This is, this is a great bar, except <laughs> it's, it's got this cavity in, in the center, see. and because of that... It's mechanical performance, its ability to withstand forces in, in an engineering application are really compromised. So would, uh, would somebody in the shop know that the, the cause of the issue are the bursts on the chevroning or they, that's something that they bring it to the mill and then the mill says, they, oh, they this is They bring it to the, the mill and we'd say, uh, yeah, okay, right. Okay. So, but again, if you see it, a weird, strange, unusual, if you've got what, for all intents and purposes, is a perfectly fine-delivered cold-finished bar, but, you know, upon further examination, the parts themselves have a void within or in the process of machining or making, trying to make suitable parts, you can no longer make a suitable part because now it came in too where that chevron was then put your hand up for help. You're not imagining things. It's not the twilight <laughs> it's zone. It's not something you it's did. It's recognized. It's, yeah. And, and by the way, some of the chemistries are kind of pro, are, 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 can contribute to that. So we want ductility, 
And if we've got a lot of nitrogen, if we've got phosphorus, we've got effective phosphorus, which is the phosphorus and nitrogen kind of synergistically uh, influence the properties, um, those materials might be a little more susceptible to this. So the mills recognize this can be a problem and they can and do a great job of maintaining their tooling, but there can still be build up, there can be lube failures, there can be things. You can find this anomaly. It is an anomaly. It's very rare. I've only seen it twice in my 50 years of, of manufacturing, but it was pretty exciting both times. I'll bet. So when we were touring on the mastery program, I remember seeing the, the oh, I'm going to call it the wrong thing, Edison testing? Edison, where, where they send... Uh, eddy current testing. Eddy current testing, yes. Does it test for this kind of thing? Well, that doesn't, but you are certainly on the right track. So the eddy current is looking for imperfections on the outside of the surface, but we want to use an ultrasonic test, we can do an end shot, and the end shot, if I put the so sound transducer, ultrasonic means I'm going to couple it to the material, I'm going to send sound waves down, and then I'm going to get their reflected. It's sonar in steel. Oh. Like submarine has sonar in water. Well, yeah. We can't like do a, sonar like in a, air because like a medical the ultrasound. It. Yeah, exactly. See what's on the inside. Right. So we we do that, and then we can we'll get reflections, and we're expecting a reflection based on the speed of sound in steel to be this number of seconds. And in fact, this sucker's right back. I was like, hey, what's what? There's something in there. So then we can go a long way. Say, hey, here's something. Uh, here's something. Uh, here's something. We we know we've got. We can confirm it. Cool. So, yeah. When when would we uh, expect to see them? Quite frankly, Carly, we don't expect to see them. It's very rare. Our, our shops are doing a much better job with dye control and maintenance. They're doing a, we've got lubricants today we never dreamed of in, in the 40s and 50s and, and the Truman administration and and you know uh, the design and, and the materials, you know they're they're modern continuous cast. It's not, you know, we let it cool off in a in a garbage can, uh, mold, and you know <laughs> hopefully there's not a lot of crap in the center. I mean, the materials have gotten better, but nevertheless, once or twice in 50 years, you might find some steel that has these internal, I'm going to call it rupture. And if it's chevron-shaped, if it's uh, go, uh, oriented to that center line, you just might be looking at uh, central bursts and chevroning in, uh, in a cold-finished steel, and, or cold-drawn steel. And that is an important thing to keep in mind, too. Never seen it in a turned and polished bar because it was never, never pulled. Never pulled. Never okay. pulled, right? Mm-hmm. So... Turn and polish, you show me that, I'm going to check the chemistry, you bought it from somebody else. It's <laughs> not mine. So that, that wraps up the discussion on uh, chevroning and central bursting cold-drawn steel bars. Thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can also search for articles, webinars, crib sheets, 
podcasts, and other resources. Yes, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast because you don't want to miss one. And if you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see all we have to offer. And why is a PMPA membership important, Carly? Because Because we we are are better better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.